Okay, we are good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, baby. We're good. We are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's a great. It's an electric start. I was uh, about to say something bad about a different podcast. Uh, Brolo. No, Nebbiolo. There we go. More like Brolo, am I right? More like two guys loving loving wine. Just two two boys. Just, that's, how about that as a premise? And then how how about that? But how about you take it seriously and you pretend like it's actually a a good idea sorry what do you want me to take seriously just the the idea that a that a podcast with two guys talking to each other about wine would be anything other than like garbage like there were like we do this but we know it's like it's just empty worthless nonsense yeah it sucks but yeah we suck we're bad people but imagine right but imagine if this whole thing except we didn't have that perspective like we took it seriously and we're like wow no what we're doing is really cool and interesting and important i mean oh my god i know it's horrifying yeah oh i know man it's gross isn't it what do you do when you have that glass shattered you know when someone's like this is how big the world really is and this is how Mm. cruel you are to much of it with your behavior i don't know man uh, can i tell you one of the funniest fucking things you'll ever hear I mean, you can. Okay, this. But will you? I, I'm going to. Um, mm, damn. The city of Alba in Piedmont in Italy. Yep. Yep. Guess what its American sister city is? Hit me. Medford, Oregon. Mmm. That's pretty sweet. You might not know this, but Medford, Oregon is a hilarious town for them to be paired with. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm totally. I'm just. It, I don't know anything it, about like, the place. It's. Is in a part of Oregon that is, um, you know the stereotypes about Oregon? Mm-hmm. Medford is the kind of place that's about. What, like the the crunchy granola? No, 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 like no. Like the, the, the just hill country, the, like, backwoods. Like. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. This is not nice. completely fair, because I, no, I, I don't think I've ever spent much time in Medford, but, like, man, I, like realistically having said all this i'll probably end up living there fuck it so probably that's where i'm gonna retreat to but do it dude it's like it's got a cabana yeah oh yeah it's just out there man it's like so Mm -hmm. out there that's such a wild place for them to be man it's how does sister cities work like just is it just i think it's it's literally the municipality equivalent of a high five could be yes so we're doing uh, doing Nebbiolo. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty damn delicious, actually. Yeah. I'm happy to say that I uh, am indeed uh, thoroughly enjoying a wine. I feel like we've had a couple strikeouts the past couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Especially there's been a couple episodes that have not been released. I think we've done like, I don't know how many, but um, I think this one's hopefully, you know, fingers crossed that the recording thing is going to work out and shit, but... Um, this is a really good one. I'm really thoroughly enjoying it, enthusiastically. So, it's fucking good, man. Everybody yeah, this one is fantastic. I'm having pasta. Nice. I got a, I got a, I got a little treat over here, but yeah. I'm I'm waiting a little bit till I start digging into it. What you got? It's just a, just a, a, a bone from a steak that has a bunch nice. of meat still on it. Yeah. Which I'm gonna gnaw on. Hell yeah. yeah. Disgustingly, while I drink this delicious wine, can I can I can I read something to you, man? You're gonna no. hate it. You're gonna hate it so much. Okay, I, I, you can you can pretend that you're reciting it from your mind. All right, but you cannot read me something. All right. <clears throat> Facts about the mayor of Medford, as read mm. from the <laughs> Wikipedia of Medford, Oregon. Mm-hmm. The current mayor of Medford is Gary Hale Wheeler. He was first elected mayor in November 2004 with 16,653 of 28,195 votes, 59% of the vote. Re-elected in 2008 with 21,651 of 22,211 votes, 97.5% of the vote. 
re-elected again in 2012 with about 97% of votes. Jeez. And re-elected again in 2016 with about 56% of the votes for a term <laughs> ending in December of 2020. Wheeler is an optometrist with an office in Medford. Prior to his election, he spent 13 years on the Medford Urban Renewal Agency Board and served uh-huh. in the U.S. Army, where he also practiced optometry. Previous mm-hmm. mayors of Medford. Gary Wheeler, 2004 to present. Semicolon, he is an optometrist in the Medford area. <laughs> <laughs> do, they, do they explain why the sharp increase and then decrease in his... <laughs> no. His approval rating. I don't I am, understand that. I don't know. I mean, that'd be I'd be curious, but uh, I'd be curious to know about that. But you know, he's an optometrist, and it's important that he has a practice in the area. Uh huh. His those vote percentages are wild. It's like tied with Saddam Hussein. <laughs> I mean, Saddam's like, damn, that's a questionable election. That is. 97.5% of the vote. He's like, come on, at least I give myself like 93. Yeah. I'm not looking for slam dunks there. Right. That's a double-handed slant, like a shack slam dunk mm-hmm. that breaks the backboard. That's what that is. That man, scary. The way he dunks. It's terrifying. Shaq? It was. I don't think he d- yeah. Mm. His dunks are so aggressive. It's really... God, I can't even imagine trying to play against him Mm-mm. or having to play against him. Yeah. So, do you wanna do you wanna veer into into topic here? Sure. Gracefully <laughs> change lanes. I'm talking about. We're talking about Nebbiolo. 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 I'm like, One hey, do you wanna play cherished. with my Nebbiolos? So yeah, Nebbiolo, delicious grape, you know, in northern Italy. It it's is pretty indeed. damn fucking good. Um. I'd say it's probably my favorite. I'd say it's my favorite Italian uh, grape, probably, that I've had. Because there's like a thousand indigenous ones. I, yeah. I haven't had every single one, obviously. But in terms of like wines that I've had that's consistently been really delicious and just interesting and fascinating and like captivating and stuff, I'd say it's definitely Nebbiolo. Um, like Sangiovese is fine. Um, and I've had some ones that were like, oh, this is really good. But like... Maybe I'll like like maybe fifteen percent of Sangioveses. I'll be like, oh, this is really cool, and then it's like ninety five percent of Nebbiolos mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, at least eighty five percent. I'm like, wow, this is really delicious and interesting. Yeah, my closest uh, varietal would probably be Barbera. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Barbera is just just downright yummy. It's uh, mm-hmm. I mean, so is Nebbiolo, but it's it's a bit more like cerebral. I feel like. And it's it requires yeah. more patience and stuff. No, Nebbiolo is definitely like yeah, Nebbiolo is definitely more rewarding to think about when you drink. But like, Barbera is just right and rewarding. I'd say like Nebbiolo or like Brolo Barbaresco. It's like listening to like a like a Beethoven symphony where it's like, yeah, it's amazing and it's beautiful mm-hmm. and it. But it's just like if you're it's it can be kind of like a whole thing if you're not in like the mood for it. Nothing, and it's not a good way to put it, but. This is really not a good analogy that I started. No, wait, wait. Okay, run it okay. back. Start it over for me. So I'm saying it's like a Beethoven symphony where... Yeah. Nebbiolo yeah, is? Where it can mm-hmm. be this brilliant, captivating thing, but it does kind of demand your attention in a sense if you want to like appreciate what it is versus like Barbera, which is just something, I don't know, you can... Uh, um, uh, something that's likable and super fun and you know it's still good but you don't have to think yeah. too hard about it give me a music give me a music one. Oh, barbera is something like barbera is good music that can also be used as elevator music and you will be like you'll get in the elevator and you'll hear that that's the elevator music and you'll be like oh hey uh-huh. I like there that song but you won't get offended that it's right. playing in an elevator whereas Nebbiolo is something that if you got into an elevator and they were playing Beethoven's Fifth you'd be like what yeah. the fuck are they doing this? This isn't yeah. fucking elevator music. Like this is better yeah. than this. I don't want to hear it right yeah. now. I want to hear it, but I don't want to hear it right yeah. now. God Ooh, damn I could, it. All right, so Barbera, I could say would be more like Bossa Nova. Yeah, yeah to fit with yeah. the elevator music because it's like yeah, it yeah. works as elevator music. Uh, it shouldn't really like I have a problem considering elevator music because it's it kind of makes it seem like it's less than what it is. But because it, it mm-hmm. Bossa Nova can be like super dude, I, like I love when it's done right and all that kind of shit. But um. Because that its composition mm-hmm. is super interesting. So yeah, I think that's a surprisingly 
that was a real real rocky start to that analogy but I think it ended pretty uh, pretty pretty strong yeah I would say that it's like you know if that was like uh, having to adjust your handstand before you go off the diving board mm. you entered the water without Damn, a splash there buddy so way. fucking good I am drinking a a 2012 Benevelli Piero Ravera di Monforte Barolo and it is fucking delicious Oh, Kermit Lynch import. Benavelli what now? Benavelli what? Benavelli, B-E-N-E-V-E-L-L-I. And then Piero, P-I-E-R-O. It's like Kermit Lynch. Uh-huh. And then, I don't know if it's a, it might be a single vineyard, I don't know, but Rivera di Monforte. Rivera. Rivera di Monforte. One thing I like about Italian yeah. is that it's, it's Italian, mm. is that it's so ridiculous that like, you can't ham it up enough. Or you're, you're speaking the language and doing the accent. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, when you're doing this fucking thing, it's not it's not Italian. It's like a New Jersey accent. But, you know, if you're really trying to learn Italian, you're just no, lean you're, as hard yeah. as possible into, like, whatever, like, Chef Boyardee you think is supposed to sound like. Just do it, and you'll they'll be like, oh, yeah, you have a great accent. It's like, thank you. It's authentico. Or if I might say, grazie. 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 It is authentico, much like my spaghettio. Spaghetti on a spigot. Cat food for people. It's like cereal. I'm not saying I'm above drinking cereal. I drink cereal all the time. I drink but cereal too. Eat cereal. Fuck me. I can't talk. No, can't I'd talk. say sometimes like if you're if you're at the end of the, the, the bowl, like towards the end of the bowl mm-hmm. of cereal mm. and you're like you don't feel like fucking fishing out like two or three more Cheerios, you're like, fuck it, I'm just drinking this. Yeah, that is totally totally a thing. Yeah. That I do. You know what's one thing? Maybe we can save it for the Patreon thing. I was, gonna, mm-hmm. I was just going to start shit-talking something. I'll save it. I'll read oh, a little note. Oh, all right. Now or save it? we got, we got to save the juicy bits like that for later. To leave the listener wondering, oh, what was he going to shit on? And it was going to be something that uh, hipsters in Brooklyn really like. Okay, so uh, if that doesn't, you know, uh, you know, get you excited, uh, boom. Okay. They'd pay $20. Be a pay pig. Be our pay pig. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was disgusting. <laughs> That's disgusting. That is. You need to have some somehow snort the cha-ching sound if you could do that. I can't. I don't think I can get the cha-ching. The cha-ching. Can, yeah, it's. Yeah. Yeah. But I can give myself a bloody nose trying. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you'll be able to see if you become a pay pig. You'll see. You get uh, to snuffle those truffles. Mm-hmm. If you know what I'm saying. I'll get somebody's snout. I'll get the, yeah. who's snout somewhere where I want a snout to be. There's yeah. two conveniently placed snout holes. Snows. Snows. Snout hole. Snout hole. Yeah. Snout hole. Snout hole. Snout hole. It's like an easy pass substitute. Snout hole. But I don't know what the snout would be. It wouldn't work. So I'm drinking... The Long and Never- Nebbiolo from Produttori del Barbaresco. Oh, that's right. Produttori del Barbaresco. I tried to drink another wine that I will not name because it was so fucking Britannomycy that I could not enjoy it. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. It was... I mean, if it was the only wine I'd had, I probably would have stomached it. You know? Um, if it was late in the evening and I was, very, like, drunk... Mm-hmm. Say we were at a party, that bottle gets popped, and someone's like, "Oof, it's a bit off." And someone else is like, "Yeah, there's a bit of Brett in here. It's just a little dirty." We would have all been like, "Nah," and then we would open another bottle, and we would have gotten drunk, and then we would have gone back to that when we were mm-hmm. all just fucking liquored up and been like, "Oh, this is actually pretty good." Yeah. Fuck it. And then it would have redeeming characteristics. Maybe I do like Brett, kind of. You know, it's not that bad. You know, and then yeah. And then you wake up in the morning and you just feel like a piece of shit. And if- Mostly filth-based because you enjoyed something that is genuinely not good. Oh, no, I was going to say because you, uh, I don't know, slept with your uh, best friend's best friend or something. So is that, so that's insulting because you're not your best friend's best friend? Yeah, I guess that is a good point. Is that the sad part of that? How do best no. friends work? I, so I'm thinking of a situation in which, like, your best friend in a context that the other person couldn't be their best friend in, right? So it's like, like, you know, your best female friend, but you're a man, 
you slept with her best female friend. Okay. Right? Which is gendered. Like, I don't mean for it to be, I don't, it's not about it being a gendered thing. It's just like, you know, you slept with, it's like you met your, your like, uh, current work best friends, Mm -hmm. college best friend. Right. And fucked them. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Right? Like, that'd be a dick move. Yeah. That would be something you'd feel weird about when that friend left and went home. <laughs> right. But they're still around because it's, uh, it's the other context in which, like, you know, you slept with your work best friend's non-work best friend. Because best, best, friends, friends, best friends are complicated. That's, yeah. you know, that's a good question. That's a very fair point. But, you know, it, it in in a context, the person you slept with is a third not only your best friend but their best friend as well right in depending on the context in which each of you are talking Mm -hmm. so if you have a child with him does the child become do you give birth to that person what if you name that person after the person the mutual friend i think if that scenario happens and it's not a bad thing Mm -hmm. then you kind of automatically have to make the the conjoining best friend the godparent Oh, you, that's how you would that totally works. have to, but I mean, it would just, that'd be a lot of, be a lot of problems there. Or not, not a lot of problems, but it'll, it could be very complicated very, very easily. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, these friendships are probably ending because of this, if it's right. not like, you know, right. managed well. Yeah. This is certainly a watershed moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not that dire of a bottle of wine, mm-hmm. but it's certainly not good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Anyway, so... I'm drinking the Barolo. <laughs> the Barolo. And, uh, the Barolo. If anybody's interested, a Barolo <laughs> is so a sub-region <laughs> of Italy. A Piemonte. A Piemonte. They make wines that are made of Nebbiolo. So if anybody's wondering out there, uh, the, if you're going to speak to anybody uh, who is, I mean, either Italian or you just want to impress anybody, please do pronounce... The, these things this way say Piemonte and Barolo and Barabaresco 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 Nebbiolo Nebbiolo yeah, you have to say it like that Edivino they will assume that you don't know anything that you're pathetic yeah. and weak it's, it is in fact racist mm-hmm. not to mm-hmm. pronounce it a Barolo Barabaresco if you say Barolo ugh Wow. If you say Barolo, that's a hate crime. That is a hate crime. That's worse that than a hate, hate crime. crime. It's worse than a hate crime because a hate crime is something you can do by accident. But you <laughs> can't say Barolo that way without hating Italians actively. Right, right. You not only know their history, you not only understand the relationship of uh, Italy in the 20th century with the definition of fascism mm-hmm. in terms of government organization... But you also think that no matter what people's personal experiences were in that period of time, every single Italian is just okay with it. Damn it's a very complicated form of racism. This wine is so good. Jesus yeah, no, this Christ. bottle is fantastic. Mm. What vintage do you have? This thing I'm drinking right here. Hmm? What 2017. Vintage? Okay. Dude, I think I almost got that wine today, but I was like, I think he's getting that. I don't know what vintage he has. Eh. Also... Uh, the wine's much more expensive out here than it is in Oregon, and this was actually the same. Um, I think it was the same price, but um, this I figured. What was would too... you What would you pay for the Produttori out there? Produttori out here is like fifty or something. What for their Longa? Oh no, for their Barbaresco. Oh no no that's oh, okay. that's yeah that's forty that's forty five out here as well. Oh, okay yeah it was gonna be like I think it's like fifty five or fifty or something like that. Okay, I thought, mm-hmm. I thought you were having the, the Prodotori del Barbaresco. No, 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 no. I'm having the Long Nebbiolo from Prodotori del Barbaresco. Oh, okay. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. So I, don't, so I can't say all that. I don't know all that much about how this wine is produced. I would know more about the Barbaresco. Right. The DOCG. So this is a great moment to slide into our favorite topic for the listener. Wait, hold on one sec. Nice. I get you. Pippi boy. Mr. Pippi. Anyway. Pee-pee boy. Pee-pee boy. Pee-pee boy. Give me for dinner, keep pee-pee boy. 
Mm, anyway, what we're talking about, we're talking about the the barbaresco. Oh yeah, you're talking about the lange. Lange. The, the lange. The You're saying you can't say anything about how the wine's made or whatever, but but it's very good. Mm. It's very very good. Nice. Yeah, it's like a thirty dollar bottle of wine. Nice. Let's see. Yeah. Look up this fucker, Benavelli. Um, De Piero. Actually, I'm tasting him at this dude. He's super nice. But he's got a big old wiener, too. Good for him, right? Yeah. Monforte. I'm going to go ahead and assume that's a vineyard. Just because. Why not? Why not, my guy? Might as well just do it and live your life. Why would you not? Why would one not? Massimo Benavelli, son of this this Barolo Estates founder, Piero, started working the vines when he was 14 as an as early in life, he knew his calling. His parcel of the Rivera crew has been in the family for six generations. We've found that history, like that often tends to, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even say anything about the production methods, really. Um, Classic. Farming traditional. Don't know what that means. Aged in second passage breaks for one year, then, okay. That doesn't really give me any useful information, but tells me that it's probably a single vineyard wine. But what I really need to know for this is that it's delicious. And I do know that. So, who cares? Alright, so actually, alright, so if you want to get into this, be a little more focused. That thing I was talking I, uh, about? Uh, mm-hmm. With, uh, <laughs> I know you don't care. But the thing... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That, no, listen. Um, I'm reading about how this wine pairs well with pizza, pastas with simple sauces. <laughs> s- sauces, sausage, ham, charcuterie, and spicy dis- dishes. Which I'm like, alright. Would you think it would pair with spicy meatballs? Jesus Christ. If so, would it cause one to exclaim how spicy said meatball was? Or... I, I dare say you wouldn't, mm-hmm. unless you were drinking this wine. Oh, I got you. Nice. Snubbiolo. Main grape in that region. And Piemonte. They also grow a bunch of other stuff there, too, but Nebbiolo is considered, like, the the shining it's star. The re- it's the reason that it exists as a DOCG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was the thing I was going to say. For, for the listener... Uh, Nebbiolo is like the grape to go into fucking Nebbiolo or Barbera, but Nebbiolo might be the best grape to just go into fucking Italian wine law with. Yeah, I don't know. Is there another grape that like has quite as complicated a relationship with Italian wine law? Mm, Maybe Sangiovese, but that's that's just because like. But it's it's not not super complicated. Like, and and the upper levels of it aren't. No one gives a shit about. Yeah, I mean, so there's certain like DOCGs. Yeah, there's like Brunello de Montalcino and then in Chianti there's like I guess that's true. Like Classico but... and Gran Selezione and there's like all these Reserva things, but it just means like different amount of aging and stuff. Yeah. It's not like there's super um yeah. I mean there's there's also a lot of different like DOCs and DOCGs that do Sangiovese, but I don't know, it's just something I never really went into that deeply because I didn't personally really find it that interesting. Whereas yeah, like Burgundy to... or or um Barolo Barbaresco, but you were saying as opposed to some other hobby of mine, Nebbiolo, right? What do you? Yep. What sort of uh, aromatics do you identify with it? Oh, um, well, I'm looking at the ones that it says on Wikipedia right now, and I'm trying to decide which ones I agree with. Um, Can I tell you what I think, and then um, mm-hmm. see if they they check off on that list? Yeah. To see if I actually know what I'm talking about here. Turns out, if not, let's say. Band-Aid, uh, Saddle, uh, Barnyard, uh, Animal, huh. uh, uh-huh. Mousy. What about Matchsticks? Uh, no. Foxy. Mm-hmm. No? Um, mm, How smooth of a wine do you find this to be? I find it supple, uh-huh. but, but kind. <laughs> Aggressive, <laughs> but patient. Simple, yet stupid. <laughs> dumb yet curious and slow yet uh, uh, you got it buddy mm, sincere this bone tastes real good <laughs> oh shit man alright well anyway. I'll tell you what <laughs> I associate it with cherry um, strawberry anise 
I was gonna say Roses? clove. Um, mm. I was gonna say clove, hibiscus. Um, oh, hibiscus, interesting. Um, current, black mm-hmm. current, mm-hmm. dry pitch, uh, tobacco. Did I say tobacco already? Nope. Tobacco, tobacco. Um, ripe blackberries, like blackberry. Um, like blackberries in bloom, like blackberries when they're mm. blooming out, mm-hmm. the blossoms, and then the you know the very like. The skin of blackberries when you crush them, yeah, it's like really that texture. You mean, or that like, yeah, yeah, that that plushness, that like that mm. that complexity of, um, it's like a single flavor, but it feels like it's fractal. Ugh. which is a dickheaded douchey comment, but I'm sticking with it. Um, no, no, I think what you mean, where it's like, it's because the when when it's at that point, the it's so rich, especially when you pick it right off the vine. The sugar's so high, and with blackberries, I feel like when you they're only really. There's a moment like when them. they're perfect. Right, right. Because I think with a lot of things like the sugar, like with, I was talking to somebody today about like turnip greens or whatever, or radish greens, like get them from the grocery store, get some radishes, try to eat the greens, they're disgusting. That's because like once you pick them, the sugar concentration decreases r- rapidly. It's like with strawberries. Yeah, yeah. And so I, feel, I have a feeling, it's just maybe it's a, a thing that I'm thinking, might not actually be too, but for me it's more like with blackberries, it's like that but with the acidity. Like... The yeah. acid's a lot higher right when you pick them, and then if you get them in the, if you like whatever, get them in a farm stand, even and they've been sitting around for a day or two, they just taste kind of flat. But there's yep. that vibrancy that blackberries have when they're just right. They're like, whoa, this is a blackberry? And you're like, yeah, it yeah. is. And they're like, Jesus, that's delicious. And you're like, yeah, it is. Well, and it's this, it's this tannic flavor. It's this incredibly special, like, tan is not even the right word. It's it's complex, like it's savory. There's this mm-hmm. there's this weird savory oh, totally. quality to how a blackberry is sweet. Mm-hmm. That you're totally right. It has so much to do with the acid, and then the sugars degrade slightly less quickly, and then they mm-hmm. saturate into the place that the acid was holding. Oh yeah, yeah, and they become cloying almost. Yeah, kind of be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can even happen when they're on the vine. Like a, a blackberry that's just overripe tastes that way, but like oh, yeah, one yeah. that you. You have to you have to touch it for it to fall off. Like mm-hmm. it, it falls off in your hand, but you have to touch it for it to happen. Oof, that oof. Yeah. It's so fucking good. And Nebbiolo holds on to that in a way that Pinot can do. Pinot does that, but that edge of the acid, like the, the dry mm-hmm. fucking tannins of it. Yeah. Something that Nebbiolo like consistently delivers on, that's always a characteristic of Nebbiolo. And mm-hmm. when it's not there and it's not right. It's just not, like, the, you just don't connect with the wine that much. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Pinot, oh. other, tr- Pinot has a, sep- Pinot has a deeper bag of tricks than Nebbiolo. Yeah. I, I would, I would mm. say that. Like, in terms of diversity, you mean? Yeah, you can make Pinot a set of different ways, and it can still be good. It won't be the height of an expression of what you want it to be. Right. And I, I wouldn't want to make an argument about whether or not the heights of expression of Pinot Noir and the heights of expression of Nebbiolo are, you know, comparing those. Right, but I would say that Pinot can deliver across the mid range in a broader set of ways than mm-hmm. Nebbiolo will, and you'll like it. I could like, see that when Nebbiolo <clears throat> is like middling, it, it when Nebbiolo is middling and good, it delivers that quality, and it's it's very specific things, and it's very very like exciting for those things, and those things are really complex, and they're not you know, but it it it's consistent. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, for me, Pinot can do all kinds of things in that range, and it's still really exciting. Yeah. I don't I know. Feel like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like Nebbiolo is interesting because it's kind of like, see, here we go. You with, like, your influence. I'm thinking all these, like, music analogies. Yeah. If you want to bring it back to a most recent uh, fantastic movie, <clears throat> if you compare Nebbiolo to, like, a like a, like a hip-hop artist, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I would say... Um, and it's going to sound weird, but I'll justify why. It's the people who say, people say like, oh, uh, like, like, uh, like Tupac or or B.I.G. Or, or somebody like, oh, they're like the best of all time or whatever. And it's like, okay, they like, how many albums did they put out? Hardly any. You know, they hardly yeah. put out, their library is very small. Yeah. Similarly, Brolo and like Nebbiolo's grown in hard, hardly anywhere outside of yeah. Piedmont. Is it, is it made into very serious wine? "Quote unquote yeah. serious wine," and so it's like Pinot's grown so many places and is taken seriously so many places, and is really 
pushed for so many places. Nebbiolo and you know, Barilla Barrosco are these very special things. For one of the reasons that there is that they're so special, it's like because it's like sherry. Like you can only you can only make sherry in sherry because you try to make it somewhere else, the floor won't develop. Like it just it won't ferment the right way, and it, you can't do it. They've tried to do it. Yeah. And the environment dictates yep. that that's what it should be. And then the same thing with Nebbiolo. It's like imagine if they if Pinot was only grown in Burgundy. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny because like the climactic conditions that result in that are almost as specific as why Sauterne from Sauterne mm-hmm. is what it is, and nowhere right. else can do that. Right. It's a nearly unique moment of uh, combination of soil and and weather throughout yeah. the year. Yeah, I mean, and I've had some like. Like God, man, that one um, Barolo Barbisco tasting I went to, I did not have a single wine I didn't like. A single one. Yeah. I had like a hundred wines. Everyone, I was like, "This is fucking delicious." Yeah. And like, it's insane. And it's like, all right, when's the last time you tried one hundred Pinot Noirs? And you're like, every one of these is delicious. Oh, that's for sure. You know, like that's or Chardonnay or Cabernet, yeah. anything mm-hmm. else. Like, no, yeah. like. It's just, it's insane, and to me, that's one reason I think people say like. But oh, the Nebbiolo but the window like, within, oh yeah yeah. So, okay. No, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, but but like the win- the window within which all of those exist is narrower. Right, right, yeah. You, you don't you don't have um, it's not like oh yeah you smell it and you're like oh this is definitely old world Barolo or this is definitely new world Barolo or whatever. It does it does do that, but it's it's the same way of being like, which is the same sort of thing as saying like yeah no it is what it is, but like it just does what it does so well. It's like. It's like a Stradivarius also made like oh did you know Stradivarius made like boats? It's like were they good? And like not really, but he made boats out of wood. Like they're yeah. cool. It's like yeah. yeah, but I don't care. Like I want his violins and his cellos and stuff. It's like yeah, but yeah. he made boats. It's like I don't care. They're not good. They're not cool. Like I only interested I'm only interested in this one thing. Did he make so, boats? No, maybe. Oh. What if he just made like one rowboat? That'd be very and funny. Does the first thing he made? He was like, I like his dad was pressuring him into doing it. He was like, I suck at making boats. And he was like, I like violins. Yeah. Only out of spite though, from his father. Dude, this wine is so it's so good. So uh, across what you were saying, like, um, oh fuck me. No, so yeah, the the thing about like Pinots, like you're gonna have more that you don't like, but like like there is a reason. Nebbiolo is fascinating to me because, like, Pinot, everyone loves it. Everyone talks about it. Mm-hmm. They grow it all over the world because you yeah. can always find a way to make it work, sort of. Mm-hmm. And where you can't, you just give up, and then you go where, where you can, and then you, then you stake out your claim. Yeah. So many people want to do that with Nebbiolo. Like, mm-hmm. I know so many people who have tried planting Nebbiolo, have planted Nebbiolo, like, want it to work in places besides... Piedmonte, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't. It doesn't work. Yeah, and and people know it doesn't, and they're like, I... and then people like make apologies for the wines that they do make outside of the region, and there are good attempts. Like there are wines that like, I'm not gonna say they're bad, but they're not what you want from mm-hmm. Barolo and Barbaresco. But that's what I mean about like, you immediately are like narrowing down your like. Like, the, the, the hip-hop analogy, I think, works because, like, I, I, I or maybe I would think of it in a different context, maybe, but, like, but, yeah, it's it is, like, a perfect comparing, analogy. Well, but it's, it's like, comparing um, the, the career of someone like Tupac with the career of someone like, uh, well, it's like comparing the career of Jimi Hendrix with the career of Eric Clapton. Okay. One, yeah, yeah. one of those people like defined a moment of electric guitar like uh of uh, electric guitar exploration mm-hmm. and the other one has been participating in it for you know had had formed a lot of the like interest that the other person then crystallized mm-hmm. but has then continued to work in the same sort of uh you know space for another or uh something like 40 years i guess 40 mm-hmm. years longer than that like you can't really compare their careers because one of them died when he was twenty seven, and the other one is still alive and still you know coming up with new music. Hmm. It's like comparing um, it's like comparing Bob Dylan with uh, Richard Farina, which is not as like accessible a um, 
analogy, I suppose, but like Richard Farini had died when he was 29 and he'd recorded one album with his wife, Mimi Baez, and mm-hmm. was, you know, hugely beloved of the people who knew him and that community. And like, I don't know if he and Bob Dylan met each other, but they probably did because of the Baez sisters. But like, he died when he was 29. So we don't know what his impact would have been. Whereas, you know, Bob Dylan survived his motorcycle accident and has made all kinds of different music. And, you know, people people all have their own idea of what he is, and they're all pretty different because he's just done so many different things. Mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know hip hop artists well enough to come up with an analogy for that, but like <clears throat> Yeah. I mean, I don't think any of the I don't think any of the like hip hop analogies like work because they're like fundamentally different. Uh, uh between music and, and grave varieties and stuff. But maybe it would maybe it would make sense to talk about like producers and stuff. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, but it, like it, 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 it. I don't know. It bears out as something to suggest as an analogy, like an idea that you know, like oh, fuck. I, who knows what the rest of his career will look like? But you know, assuming his career lasts as long as it should, that's probably what like a retrospective on Kendrick Lamar would be like. Would be he would mm-hmm. be the example of Pinot Noir, and mm-hmm. Tupac would be Nebbiolo. Nebula is yeah, fucking good. Yeah. That's the point, right? Like, it's really yeah. good. It's and so it's, damn good. It's really good, and it's interesting because it's like Barolo and Barbaresco are two subregions of the same area. Generally, mm-hmm. like it's like if Pinot Noir were, mm-hmm. say, Von Romany, and um, what would be Von Romany, and we're somewhere else in the Cote de Nuit that. Uh, Von Romany and Nuit Saint George. Like stylistically opposed, sort of. No, no, just places the like two very localized places in just one of one half of the Cote d'Or. Oh, if, yeah, yeah, if, you could say if, that. Like those two expressions of Pinot Noir were what Pinot Noir was thought of as, mm-hmm. and then you know there was maybe a bunch of other Pinot Noir being produced in the region, but that was all just classified one other way. Yeah, and then, and then. You know, but but it, it's just like that's how specific it is. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, yeah, it's maybe it's even proportional. But there are like two places, Bar- Barolo and Barbaresco, that are like vaunted, you know, exceptional, specific mm-hmm. expressions of Nebbiolo. And then there's the whole Longa area. Like even in France, Pinot Noir has value and like volatility outside of Burgundy. You don't have to be growing Pinot Noir in Burgundy for it to be taken seriously in France, right? Yeah, it just won't be Burgundy. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah. that just doesn't exist with Nebbiolo. And it's not that like people don't know what they're doing; it's that it is that specific of a vine, mm-hmm. which is cool. Like, it, like it's a really good thing. I like that. But yeah, totally. Yeah, man. No, it's 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 super cool, and I think it's um. Again, if we, whatever, get a zillion dollars doing this, we can go into, like, let's talk about the different crews of Marolo and stuff. Um, yeah, because that, to- that that also exists, but I, I don't mm-hmm. think they're that geographically big in terms of... No, no, I mean, no, yeah, like, Barbaresco's tiny and Barolo's uh, maybe twice the size, but if that, but it's even, it's they're still tiny. And, yeah, um, yeah it's... Uh, it would be cool to do like uh, Valtolina or something, and like uh, Gatinara. Yeah. Get other expressions, but you know we could do yeah, next for future episodes, or whatever. But um, yeah, no, it's yeah, only no, five both... miles wide at its widest point. Uh, Brillo. Yeah. Or, damn, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's wild, man. It's very small. That is so yeah. small. That's another thing why people are like, why are these wines so expensive? And it's like, well, because they're made in small production in a small region. And, yeah. you know, whatever, land's expensive and uh, they can. Yeah. So Burgundy is 25,000 hectares of classified AOCs. Mm-hmm. And Barolo, a number like that as easily. That, that's that's all of Burgundy? Yeah. Uh, shit, 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 Come on, baby. Let me know what I'm talking about. Huh? 
I wanna be able to give you facts so that you can repeat them at dinner parties. And impress your brother. I want you to be able to say, hey, check me out, I know about this one, then your brother's wife sucks your dick. <laughs> Damn, man. <laughs> the, the, the more of these that we do, the more it's just like, I just want to get to the Patreon part so we can start just fucking... Just shitting on stuff. Maybe this is what it's going to yeah. turn into. Okay, so yeah, Barolo re- the Barolo region is about 2,000 hectares. It's literally a tenth, a the, tenth size the size of Burgundy. Damn, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, and so, and it's, and but Barolo, three times the size of Barbaresco. Yeah. So Bar- Barbaresco, a thirtieth the, a thirtieth the size of Burgundy. And Burgundy is divided up into 100 AOCs. So assuming all of those AOCs have equivalent sizing, mm-hmm. yeah, it literally would be like Von Romany plus one other... Yeah. Two other villages. Mm hmm. And then you've got all of Barbaresco, and then you take one tenth of Burgundy, so 10 of its appellations, Mm -hmm. and that's all of Barolo. So, so yeah, it it, it really is like fascinating that a a grape is defined by that small of an area. Because even, because again, Pinot Noir, Burgundy's like this pinnacle of it, and Mm -hmm. I would say two thirds of Burgundy. I think can be outclassed by other Pinot Noir from the world. Yeah, yeah. That might be a yeah, highly yeah. contentious statement, right? No, it, I mean it is one hundred percent. But yeah, and that's not even getting to Chardonnay, which, like, you know, oh, some yeah. like, uh, oh fuck, yeah, more than sixty percent of Burgundy is uh, is Chardonnay uh, or mm. other whites. Mm-hmm. So because well, you got you got all of Chablis in there. Yeah, and then you have a bunch of uh, yeah, yeah. Bunch of bunch like because it's not just like wait I wonder but like what what about uh like about Cote de Nuit what's the size of that relative to so Cote de Nuit let's look that up you know I'm really at the point where I don't care uh, how easy this is for people to listen to or follow because like I'm having a good time <laughs> I, I I just want to th- pepper that in there while I'm looking right. up this information also nobody's listening to this that's a really good point and also, for that reason fuck you. Fuck you guys. Anyone who is listening. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, also the thing is that if we do eventually gain success through doing this, then nobody's going to go back and listen to all these. Except for the people oh, who are, like, really Real into it. sickos. <laughs> and they're not going to care that, like, they'll be like, oh, isn't that funny how it used to suck? Yeah. And it's like, oh, they'll yeah. They'll like apparently. it. They'll like it. Yeah, they'll like so it. They're they'll be gonna like, be... oh, yeah. But did you hear that that Barbaresco episode or the Nebbiolo episode, the first one they did? Yeah, the first time they talked about that shit? Um, not, f- let me look. The Nebbiolo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, yeah, imagine if we get to the point where not only can we leave our homes, but we are also, like, paid <laughs> enough that we can just take wine tours to the places we want to go. Oh, man, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Go to Champagne and be like, so what is this shit? Why does it have bubbles in it? I'll be like, uh, I thought Why does you... it get sparkle, sparkle? Why does this wine have the bubbles in it? I'm like, I don't know why you're talking like that. But I saw it said, that's how you talked here. Yeah. Like, is that, a, is that a German mixed with... I think... I don't know. Not the Haute Côte de Nuit. So, Haute Côte de Nuit... Haute Côte de Nuit covers basically 700 hectares. Haute Côte de Nuit? All right, so that's... Yeah, that's like a... Broader region that encompasses because Cote de Nuit is the small one. Cote de Bone is much bigger than Cote de Nuit. Let's see, what is the square footage? I am scrolling through Google like I actually know what I'm looking for. Go to new size. There we go. Boom. That's really funny. Uh, tracing the calcareous spine of the Cote d'Or escarpment, the Cote Nui is long and thin, measuring only 15 miles from end to end and two miles across the widest point. So, using our um, abilities of math, so 24 kilometers. Uh, long, right? And then at the mm-hmm. widest, so its its upper bound is twenty four times three, essentially. So what is that? Seventy two. Yeah. Yeah. So seventy two 
uh, square miles, uh, kilometers. I guess. Oh. Wait. All right. Let's look that up. Square kilometers to uh, what, to hectares. Hectares. Move the decimals over, my guy. That makes sense. Kings play chess on fine green sand. I think is how it goes. Oh yeah, seven hundred and twenty. So seven hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the kings play chess on the fine grain sand. Did you learn that? No. Oh. Well, that's I... different, actually. That's kingdom phylum class order genus species. What am I thinking? There was a, there's a different one for... Um, the, oh, King Hector. Fuck, what was it? King suck penis on the fine grain King sand. King Hector died... Uh, it was King Hector died... Who are we talking about King Hector for? He sounds like a... Drinking chocolate User. milk? No, it was King oh Hector. Oh my god. King Hector died miserable death called measles? No, it wasn't that. Anyway, it, it's a way of measuring, like, um, of, of remembering, like, which. Um, so there's, like, kilo, then hecto, then uh, fucking. Was it? Deca, oh, right. I know what you're Meter, about. and then. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. all that kind mm-hmm. of shit. Deca. There's Deca and Dessa. I think Deca, and then. Yeah. And Senta and Milla. So it's just moving that shit. But King's Plush has some fine green sand is the organisms for our listeners out there who are in uh, ninth grade science. Welcome back! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. And uh, sorry that we couldn't even get that right. And But you know what? You probably had your final uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh no. Wait, don't kids get out of school in like June? Like These days, yeah. And shit. yeah. Yeah. Damn kids. Well, I'm helping you study for your final. Drink wine and don't study and drop out and work at 7 Eleven. The sooner you become an alcoholic, <laughs> the sooner you get face facts, kiddo. <laughs> work in the wine industry. Then you can say, No, I'm not, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm working. <laughs> I'm on the clock, <laughs> mister. I'm doing my job. <laughs> oh man, that's really not funny, but it really, really is. <laughs> Jesus, man, I don't want to laugh at that, but I can't help it. Too bad. <laughs> Too bad, my guy. Too bad, dude. I really want to stop this and just start doing the Patreon. I mean, we're close to. We're, we're so close. Right, right, I'll keep being a big boy, um, dude. Rollo and Barbaresco, they're... Oh, oh, all right, so I'll say this because I've been wanting to say this. Uh One of my favorite things, listening to shout-out Grape Radio again for the 7,000th time because that that podcast is great and it played such a big role in my wine education and my, like, like, uh, path towards wine Mm -hmm. and, like, pursuing it as, like, a career. And... Uh, I'm sad that they are like no longer around. Not only they're not putting episodes anymore, but they like scrubbed them off the fucking internet, basically. But anyway, dude, I don't know because they like went on page for the storage space. I don't think I think they were doing some ads, but they weren't like they didn't have a Patreon. They were just like using doing like wine berserker ads or something like that. Uh, Like one before their shows, and that was it. But I think they were just doing it as a hobby. Mad respect. It was cool. Yeah, no, dude, straight up. Like, if I could fucking meet those guys, I'd be like, thank you. This was great. Yeah, so they they have, like, a bunch of interviews with the whole tons of producers and stuff. They had, like, 400 episodes. But every time, every fucking time without fail that they would talk to, like, a a producer from Piedmont, you know? Mm -hmm. I I need a drink of Barolo before I say this. Barolo is like a man, and Barbaresco is like a woman. Like every single time they would say that, every like man or woman, they would just—that's what they would say. Barolo is like a man, and Barbaresco is like a woman. Which, for our American audiences, if you need that in terms of what the Sopranos would say, it'd be like, "Oh wait, oh, oh he's got the fucking cack, and uh, you know, Barbaresco, he's got the puss. Oh, oh, Maron." Uh, what are you trying to fuck me like a barbaresco over here (laughs) but yes I get what they're trying to say but it's just really like misplaced in case anyone listening to this has any questions about it Tom and I both have very complicated ideas of gender that mostly 
result in us being of the opinion that it doesn't matter unless you want it to. Mm-hmm. And if you do, yeah. we respect whatever your take on it is. Right. Just right. in case you're wondering. We right, find right. it fucking idiotic to define wines broadly in those terms. Right. Because, um, again, gender is meaningless until an individual decides what meaning it has. Mm-hmm. But, Very well put. you know. So I, I think I know what Thanks, they're saying. Buddy. They're saying that, you know, like Barbaroscos tend to be more uh, floral and lighter and tend to nag, mm-hmm. nag a lot. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah uh, no, yeah. And, uh, uh, despite all of what I just said, <laughs> but Barbaresco is like, you know... <laughs> <laughs> you you know and you know, you know and brillos are i don't, don't want to i don't want to be i don't want to be one of those guys but um and i'm like oh barbarescos am i right hey, barbarescos can't live with them can't can't live without them <laughs> oh, you get it because it's a bottle of wine right <laughs> you can't live with it because that's weird but you don't want to live without it because like it's pretty good wine you know uh, Barolo, you know, you know you're gonna fuck it, but you gotta do it up the ass. But you gotta do it in the ass. You gotta do it at night under the bridge. Nobody's you know, everyone's know. always said the worst thing about being born a man, you ain't got no pussy to get fucked. Well put, very well put. And then they say, you know, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, saying... sorry, 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 sorry. Hold on, hold on, hold on, buddy. I'm really sorry. I'm just reading a random sentence off of the Burgundy Wikipedia article that I just saw. Mm-hmm. Monks and monasteries of the Roman Catholic Church have had an important influence on the history of the Burgundy wine. The first known donation of a vineyard to the church was by King Guntram in 587, mm-hmm. but the influence of the church became important in Charlemagne's era. I just want anyone listening to think about the fact that no matter what your relationship with yourself is, or your idea of what names mean, you're not Guntram. Guntram. The noble Unless name you indeed. are. If, yeah. Guntram. Guntram. Gunt- <laughs> that's how it's spelled. Guntram, that's awfully... Guntram. That, that G is also awfully close to <laughs> a different letter, in which case that would render that <laughs> yeah. horrible. But it's well, not. It's not, you, though. It's not. It's not. Yeah. He was the third eldest and second <laughs> eldest surviving son of Clothar I Clothar. and Ingunda. <laughs> wow. Clothar yep. and Ingunda? Uh-huh. Jesus. Times were different. It was a different time. It was a know? different time. It was a different time. People were saying all sorts of slurs that you can't say no. <laughs> Those slurs didn't even exist then. They <laughs> didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's what you think. They existed in the ether. <laughs> just but, someone uh, was like, just someone was like, yeah, I just got back from Africa, and you wouldn't believe what they're going to be calling them <laughs> in a few hundred years. Jesus, <laughs> it's going to be this whole other thing, you know? It's going to be a whole thing. It's going to be a whole dead, thing, you know? It's going to be this kind it. of racism that we won't even be able to conceive of because the political machinations that would render it valuable as a mechanism of power don't even exist yet. We're still right. dealing with monarchies. You fucking mm-hmm. rubes. Yep. You hicks wouldn't know how to fucking how to fucking demean someone with a word if if you needed to. Beautiful. For any so. of our uh, African listeners, I I I really am not trying to make fun of <laughs> the depth of racism that like to be clear, both mm-hmm. of the people making this podcast are deeply ashamed of our privilege just by being white. Like like, oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah. We get that we fucking suck. God, man. So the whole the whole thing I'm trying to say, and then we can get to the Patreon shit. Is thank God when they say the bar- barolo is like a man, they mean, mm-hmm. and then barbaresco is like a woman. <laughs> they they mean that they they like to grab barbaresco's ass and right. say filthy things to it, and then when the barbaresco gets mad, they say, "Come on." I'm just a joking. No, and they get mad so at it for having a bad bar- attitude. Yeah. yeah, Barolo is what you drink, you know, when you're hanging out at the strip when you're club. Mario Batali restaurant. Fellas. 
Yeah, yeah, with the fellas. And uh, Barbaresco, yeah, Barbaresco, you open a nice, well-aged Barbaresco, and then you're like, "Mm, you know what, I want a younger one, and then you go get a younger one, (laughs) and you fuck with that for a while. Yeah, like this one's fun, but I don't think I could really... This one, lay this, this one, one down like, for a while. I obviously have a responsibility to this one. Like, I'm not gonna leave it, right? Undrunk, but poof, mm-hmm. to get through drinking it, I gotta go get me Yikes. something that is like, you know, yeah, at least two decades right. less wrinkled, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's just so fucking. Like, I get it. I get the point. I get. I get what the statement is about. But it's no, so but fucking. The, the, it's our it's listeners so are, are you know, zillion listeners are sea of listeners out there. What they're trying to say, Barbaresco tends to be more floral, less like savory yeah. aromas, lightier, like lighter, different, more... different tannin structure, like less different tan, yeah, less broad, um, aggressive tannin structure, yeah, finer yeah, tannins, intense. yeah, uh, yeah. probably higher acid, um, just generally, yeah, a little bit. I mean, if if not, then it's definitely perceived as higher acid. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the structure of the wine presents as higher acid mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. Well, like it's. Uh, sorry. I like again. <laughs> I I really want to try to dig myself out of the irony hole, but I'm not going to be able to. Masculine and feminine are not. Those get used as terms for wine all the time. Oh yeah. Like ad nauseum, and it they're mm-hmm. also very important to like. I'm sure there are people who would. I don't know which way they would go with it, but I'm sure there are people who would classify Cote de Nuit versus Cote de Bone. One mm. of those as masculine and one of those as feminine. Like, that would happen. Uh, you could do it with, like, it's, well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's one I mean, of the key, like, binaries that people will set up comparisons with. Well, because, I mean, I mean, people would say, I mean, more specific than that, they would say Chambol Moussigny is very feminine because it's very yes. elegant and pretty. Yep. And then they would mm-hmm. say Von Roman Ange, Every Chambertin, Nuit Saint-Georges are all masculine. Masculine. Yeah. 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 And, and, and that has meaning... But it's yeah. so irritating because its meaning is then tied up with the meaning of the other thing. It's like advertising. Right. Like it's it's like this thing right. where it's like, I get what you mean by that, but I had to right. learn so much about what that meant for that to yeah. have meaning. Like right. it's a great, honestly, it's a great way to explain to someone that gender is a construct because it's like, yeah, you're assu- <laughs> you're assigning these values to these characteristics, right. and you are collecting them in these terms and weighing right. them against these judgments. Most of which are instinctual, like yeah. most of which do track with some set of you know maybe you perceive them as biological, maybe you perceive them as societal. They they track with some parameter that you experience on a daily basis that you like have your you, 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 that you literally cannot separate from your emotional landscape. So to claim that they can be objective, that it can be an objective analysis, is idiotic from the get go. But people will do it and and there will be this broad agreement that it means something because whether whatever your relationship to the thing is you probably have wound up in a place where you at least go but but i believe that it is even if you don't have a definition for what it is even though it's a concept that you recognize is invented right like like there are so many layers of just lazy meaning in it yeah Completely. That it's it, it like it deserves to be made fun of, as does basically the concept of gender, but certainly specific ideas of what that means. Mm-hmm. And and the annoying thing is that like on the backside of all of that, there is a distinction between Barbaresco and Barolo. And if you get to know the wines well enough, you will you will have an idea of one. How you define it is up to you. But like there are there are like differences in their general acidity their de- genuine their general tannin structure their general overall flavor but that like there there are differences in winemaking philosophy there are differences in climate like there are a lot of reasons for that they're not right. like they're not these facts about like there will be exceptions to those rules even in areas as small as barolo and barbaresco you would be able to get bar- barbarescos that would trick you into thinking they're barolos no totally I'm sure yeah mm-hmm. but <sighs> People want stories. People want like simple yeah. little stories where they can just say like, "This is the thing." They want it. They want a. They want a. They want a bit. They want a bit that they can say because it's it's essentially just a shitty joke to be like, "This one the men, this one are the women." Yeah, yeah. Which is a shitty joke against Italians. I don't know why. I'm, God 
sounds so worked up about that, man. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Just, so the so the, the more the more per- shit perfumed the floral style, yeah, higher acid. Uh, so I don't want to say a lighter tan structure, but sort of finer grained. Um, yeah. More reserved tannin structure is mm-hmm. Barbaresco and then Barolo. And by the way, these are generalizations. Barolo tends to be more savory, more like I'd say uh, coarser grit tannins, more intense. Yeah. Um, more sort Broader of flavor more, profile. Right. Yeah. Yeah. More like tightly wound. Mm-hmm. Oh, another. Th- okay. So this is another thing that I hate about it, but we'll get to that after. And then, yeah, more savory, more like powerful, whatever. Yeah. Um, Barbaresco, one, one thing. Barolos have also commanded higher price. Yes, yes. Yeah. Which, yeah, again, ties into the men being more valuable than women. Mm-hmm. But another, like, uh, one thing in Barolo that I typically think is uh, associated with is they're, they're a bit more like, um, people have said that it's like, you know, they're, they're more reserved or whatever. And then women are more like, like or like the, the Barbarescos are like women because they're more giving, you know. And it's yeah. like, that's, yeah. it's, so, it's so insane. You're just taking two things and then assigning these ridiculous like sets of yeah. characteristics to them and it's just it's so fucking insane it's so wild and it's uh, it, uh, it's, it's it's brain poisoning on literally like the most fundamental level like the yeah. the idea of representation as a yeah. possibility yeah the idea of creating a thought and then just creating mm-hmm. it in this like insanely tenuous way mm-hmm. like I, I feel like it's generally considered to be a sign of intelligence if you can like handle complex um complex analogies like complex relationships yeah. formed between things just almost mm-hmm. arbitrarily like if you can hold yeah. one concept in your mind as an explanation of another concept long enough to feel like you actually understand the other concept that's supposed to be like a good thing mm. um i mean that's like un- understanding any complex piece of art yeah like you that's, can't... that's literally all it is but, but well but the, like if you're divorcing the value of that art from emotional experience, because emotional experience is this completely other thing right, that right, right. is supposed to happen to you, but That's it's one point. that you can only do anything with in conversation. It's something you can only do anything with outside of yourself. Inside of yourself, mm-hmm. it is what it is. It's emotional. Mm-hmm. But outside of yourself, then you immediately have to engage with meaning. So not only are you right. transferring your emotional reaction through signs to create like shareable meaning, Mm-hmm. outward but you're doing that for a thing that you know you also have to put that process through so you're not only putting that thing through that process to describe it you know in symbols but mm-hmm. you're doing that through the lens of something that you would also have to describe in symbols that are lesser than what it actually is or separate from what it actually is to do that and and right. then to do that on the back of a cultural concept is a very tenuous thing so the, the more specific cultural indication you can make that you know someone else will perceive the better mm-hmm. but that's one of the problems with right. like the promulgation of uh, fucking television media is it means that you can find completely specific lived actions of people to mm-hmm. use as indicators that will be taken in the context of whatever um the script of the television show was say or the mm-hmm. movie and then that person will know not only the thing you're talking about, but likely some perception of what the director intended for with it. Right. So if someone else also appreciates that reference, then there's any, it, like an almost precisely specific mm-hmm. moment you're relating it to or idea that you're relating it to. So saying mm-hmm. Barolo is the, um, you know, Barolo is to Nebbiolo as, uh, as, um, Ooh, I, 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 I have a concept here and I, I, I'm just trying to think of the right examples for it. Mm-hmm. Like Barolo compares to Barbaresco as... Um, Barolo compares to Barbaresco as Rocky compares to um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Like, mm-hmm. like, like you're, you're, you're picking these two... <laughs> movies that are incredibly mm-hmm. complex symbols and using them against each other to explain some completely separate sen- sensory experience mm-hmm. and you know like people don't think about the fact that that's what they're doing when they say right hey, that that might have been just the most useless rant i've ever gone on but uh no it wasn't 
I mean, but that says more about your other rants than it does about that one. <laughs> hey, um, my guy. <laughs> hey, no, <laughs> he did got dunked on. <laughs> um, uh, I thought you were gonna say it's it's like comparing Rocky to Rocky Two. Like I thought that's uh, what you were gonna say. Uh, you didn't. You didn't go well, that. Yeah, no, it'd be like. I, I, that that wasn't the best. That, those were too disparate. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But yeah. you, you were trying to make a point, and you did make the point. And I think it, it, no, it was not a it was not a useless tangent. It was uh, I'm just giving you shit. But 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 so. it was too far out. Like it's it. But what you were saying is like those are different. Like they're different movies. But then yeah. relating the two of them, you're just like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Yeah, yeah. God damn it. Yeah. I mean, and it comes down to the end of the day. It's they're made out of the same grape. The, the yeah. differences in yeah. expression are due to the land, like anything yeah. else. And it's it's just that like cultural like is chauvinism. Is that a word? It it is chauvinism. It really it's chauvinism. literally it's 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 exactly chauvinism. Yeah, and so that's just permeated through. So it's a reflection of the culture rather than a reflection of the wine itself at all. So. You you could you could just as easily well, but say in, people do say in as much as like your personal culture, all, it, it's 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 super likely that any sorry I cut you off there. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Well, but the like your culture will probably reflect that, so that it will be meaningful to you. You'll probably get what mm-hmm. they mean by that. Yeah, 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 and that's not nothing wrong with you. It's just the, the you know the, the the product of the culture in which you were raised or are yeah. part of or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, but which is tough in a which is tough in a cultural moment where like parts of your culture are indicating to you that you should understand that the part of the culture that you based your understanding on originally is mm-hmm. problematic or bad. Yes. yes, which it might be. Like it, you know, it probably is. Mm-hmm. But yep. you know, but you're given no indications of how to navigate that. Correct. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, man. All right. So you want to wrap it up and start the other one? Jesus Christ, this, if anyone actually listens to this thing, 